Welcome to the Science and Spirituality Podcast, where we dive deep into universal spiritual principles and ground them in modern science. My name is Chris Carton. And my name is Kevin Carton, and we are committed to simplifying the spiritual side of success for you with easy to understand scientific research so you can walk away with practical tools to create radical transformations in your life. Let's get started. Hey guys, Chris here, and we got another special guest today on the Science and Spirituality Podcast. Today, we spoke to Tom Palladino. Tom is a scalar energy researcher based in Florida. Scalar energy or scalar light is essentially working with the divine consciousness of the universe or the quantum field or zero point energy, whatever you'd like to call it. Tom is on a personal mission to make a difference in the world by providing people with the education and tools to restore optimal health to all and enhance quality of life. Uh, so Kevin and I had a really great conversation with Tom. Um, we ask you to join this conversation with an open mind because we talked about a lot of stuff, um, science-based, you know, a lot of stuff about quantum mechanics, um, unified field theory, quantum entanglement, and, you know, we got really deep into some of these topics. And so I thought it was a great conversation. I learned a lot and it really sparked my interest into learning more about quantum mechanics again, because I kind of forgot about my interest in that. So uh, Kevin and I hope you enjoy this conversation and we'll talk to you later. So welcome again to the podcast, the Science and Spirituality Podcast. Today we have another guest and his name is Tom Palladino. Am I pronouncing your last name correctly? Yes, that's correct. Awesome. And uh, funny, we were just talking before we hit record and uh, Tom is from New York, just where Chris and I are from as well. <laughs> so a small world. Um, and yeah, we're really looking forward to this conversation today about scalar light um, and the healing properties it has. So uh, welcome to the podcast, Tom. Pleasure to be here. Thanks for the invite. Mm -hmm, absolutely. So let's first begin, as we always begin with guests, is just would love to hear your story of like how you got into this work, how you discovered this scalar light, like healing and all of that. So tell us your story. Yeah. As a youngster, I was enthralled with the work of Nikola Tesla. Many of you have heard that name, Nikola Tesla, incredible electrical engineer. But he's, in my opinion, is the first man that I could say develop scalar energy instruments. So Tesla was an electrical engineer, but he was also a scalar energy researcher. And I said to myself, this is fantastic what he's doing. Why aren't we taking this up? And I decided right then and there that I would do something about that, that I would follow in his footsteps in some fashion. So my research is really um, the, the follow-up research of Nikola Tesla and other scalar energy researchers. There's not many scalar energy researchers out there, but I see the great promise of, of this new and emerging science, scalar energy. So it, uh, for me, it's not a hobby. This is, this is my life calling. And um, I'm happy to say that, uh, that my impulse as a youngster now is being fulfilled as an adult. Mm -hmm. Short and sweet. I love it. <laughs> yeah. Go ahead, Chris. No, I was going to say, so um, if you can describe for our listeners and uh, like maybe layman's terms, because I don't know how much of our listeners have a really super deep science background. Kevin and I have some because um, we've seen videos and done some research on quantum, you know, the quantum field and quantum mechanics. Um, I'm an acupuncturist and I use electroacupuncture in my practice. So I know a little bit about electrons and frequency and all that stuff, but for people who maybe don't have an understanding of any of that, what, and if maybe a few short paragraphs in scalar energy and how that ties into, you know, the, the work that you do. Well, I say this and I'm, I'm not being in any way I'm snide or condescending. Everybody in the world is a scalar energy expert. Hmm. Everybody has a great deal of expertise with scalar energy. What is scalar energy? It's sunlight. Okay. All of us have observed the sun. All of us have an appreciation of the sun. So everybody is a scalar energy practitioner and a scalar energy researcher. So this is what is pertinent to know. I believe all energies from the sun, the stars, begins, initiates a scalar energy. And I believe that electricity is a subset or a derivative of scalar energy. So instead of working with the secondary energy, which is electricity, I want to work with the primary energy, the first energy, the initial energy, which is scalar energy. Because scalar energy will give you control mastery over nature, 
whereas the derivative electricity will only give you secondary control, or if you will, I would say an oblique control over nature. So why not work with the, uh, so to speak, the, the very wellspring of light, which is scalar energy? Why would you want to work with the secondary, the inferior derivative of light, which is electricity and magnetism? So to make it very simple, scalar energy is the first initial energy of the universe. I think we should really set our sights on working with scalar energy because it will provide us consummate control over nature. And that's the purpose of, of at least my research with, with this energy, to subdue nature or to control nature. You know, if you look at uh, any type of transportation, what are you doing? You, you're overcoming gravity or you're, you're trying to address a distance by way of a machine, a car, an airplane, etc. Well, why not do it with scalar energy? Why not create an anti-gravity instrument with scalar waves? And why not overcome gravity with a scalar energy instrument, a, a flying platform, if you will, as opposed to a car, or as opposed to a motorcycle or even a plane? So the future beckons and, and it, it will be a scalar energy uh, paradigm that we embrace. The electromagnetic paradigm is a secondary inferior paradigm. Mm. I have a follow-up question to that. Why? Because you mentioned before when you were first sharing like how you got into this work, you mentioned that there are not many people researching this. Why do you believe that is? It's poorly understood. And I'll go back to Tessa's day. Tessa's work was suppressed. Mm. And one of the reasons why his technology was suppressed, it would have made obsolete many of the industries 100 years ago. Mm -hmm. So many of the... Uh, Frankly, the international bankers saw this prospect of scalar energy and it intimidated them mm. because scalar energy addresses scarcity. It's free energy. It's from the stars. Mm. And if you're a humanitarian, you want free energy for mankind. But if you're an international banker, you want to control the energy source. Simply put, that's a, that was my assumption, but I wanted to hear from, from you and your experience of that. Yes. But, yeah. So tell us about, yeah. So, so tell us a little bit about how you use scalar energy to, for, for healing or like how we, we can, and is it something that you said that we all have access to? Is it something that we could use our own and you've developed ways to, that is easier to use or. Sure. Before I get into that, everybody again, is a scalar energy yeah. expert, the human mind and the heart are examples of scalar energy vessels, so to speak. When we think it's a, it's a scalar wave, our heart, our emotions, our, our creativity are all scalar waves. So what's my point? Scalar energy is really the creative strength of the universe. It, it's responsible for our thinking. It's responsible for our emotions. So I tell people, even though I have a scientific instrument, and many people do not, obviously, that controls scalar energy, I tell people, harness your mind, harness your heart. Those are two examples, perfect examples of scalar energy in, in operation. And I tell people that your mind and your heart far exceed the capability of my scientific, my engineered instrument, mm -hmm. okay? So th to start off. Now, what, do I, what am I getting at? I have developed, and, and I've worked with engineers, so I'm not doing this alone, there are scalar energy instruments in which we have developed that control that harness scalar energy. Uh, there was, I have a predecessor, his name is Galen Hieronymus. I never met him, but I met his wife. And his wife used to sell me scalar energy instruments. And I would experiment with those instruments. And I could attest that these instruments control the scalar light spectrum. They do not control electricity. It's quite different. So we're, we're working with two different realities. So my statement is there are two dimensions. There is a scalar energy dimension. There is, of course, an electromagnetic dimension. So to get back to your question, why isn't this being promulgated? Because many people don't realize that there's two energies. There are. We're, we've just set our sights on electromagnetic energy. There's something much better than electricity and magnetism. It's scalar energy. And if I had my druthers, the entire world would embrace scalar energy as opposed to electromagnetic energy. 
but that takes time. There's a learning curve here. Yeah. And it's it's been an arduous learning curve. I've been at this now for 40 years and um, 50 years probably. Mm. And, and many people are, are still trying to grasp the fact that there's something else besides our dimension. Mm-hmm. If electricity and magnetism exists in a dimension, a specific dimension, scalar energy is a distinct dimension. It's zero point energy or it's chi or it's prana mm-hmm. or consciousness consciousness so we're working in the realm of consciousness mm-hmm. and it's it's it, it's starting now to become a, a better accepted concept but it's we still have a long way to go yeah yeah so when i'm when i'm thinking in my head right now and just to maybe bring this into some more understanding for listeners because i think everyone's familiar with the electromagnetic spectrum you know from like radio waves to like that visible light where it's color right. that we can see so what you're talking about with scalar energy this is a completely different yes. scale it's a it's completely different than this yes. but it, it is what you're also saying is that scalar energy is like the it it engenders the electromagnetic spectrum as in like you need that to create the electromagnetic Cor- spectrum it's Cor- like a level deeper Correct. Correct. Okay. So if, if I would, to put it in this term, scalar okay. energy is the initial energy of the sun and the stars. Mm-hmm. And once that energy leaves the sun and the stars, it starts to break down into electromagnetic energy. Gotcha. And frankly, when, when you see this violent activity in, in, in the sun, especially the, this coronal discharge, that's, that's the transformation of benign scalar energy into electromagnetic energy. And when you have that transference, that, that, if you will, that conversion from scalar to electromagnetic energy, it's frequently violent and it gives off a great deal of heat. Hmm. Okay. And then so in terms of being able to use this or harness the scalar energy for healing, it's because we're going back to like the original energy that's creating our bodies, creating all yes. the processes in our bodies. So exactly. The, so like illness that we see that, um, yes. from like electromagnetic perspective that hardens into reality, there's yes. a pre there's a predecessor before that that's creating that reality. And yes. this is what you're talking about with scalar energy. Exactly. Okay. What is disease? <clears throat> it's misinformation. It's poor information. Mm-hmm. If we lived in a perfect scalar energy state, if, if we could live in the center of a star, which is 100% scalar energy, you would have perfect health. You would never age. It, it would it would be impossible to, to lose your memory. You would be in the perfect state. So this is much more to do than just tinkering around with instruments. Mm-hmm. I want people to live in another dimension. Mm-hmm. If, if I could snap my fingers and say, okay, we're going to quickly leave the electromagnetic dimension and live in the scalar dimension, I'd want all of mankind to live in a scalar energy dimension and leave behind the dimension of electromagnetic energy, which is the dimension of decay, death, disease, confusion, loss of memory. Mm-hmm. The electromagnetic spectrum is a poor communication spectrum. The scalar energy spectrum is a perfect communication system. Mm-hmm. So I, I, I will say that um, there's just no comparison between the two. Yeah. There's, there's just no comparison. It's almost like a, like a, like radio can be fuzzy, right? Like yeah. it's, it's sometimes it, it can even like electromagnetic waves, they can bounce off of a mountain in a weird way and you can get That's a right. bad reception, but right. scalar energy is it's, uh, there is no, um, like it can go from A to B in a second, right? Like, or a split yeah. second. It's faster than light. Cause there's no. That's that. That's absolutely right, and and it's been found that two stars can communicate with one another by way of scalar energy instantaneously. Well, how's that possible? Because you're not you're not sending the energy from star one to star two. The energy pre-exists. So we're not speaking about a, a transference of energy. We're not speaking about two localities. Every location in the universe is one location, is one point. Mm. Meaning what? That this is an all-pervading essence. It has to be from God. How, how, could, how could everything be in every place at every moment? It, it's really the, the, that blanket, if you will, that's a divine blanket. Mm. In other words, scalar energy is, is able to transcend time and space because it, it is 
God's essence. God is not subject to time and space. Mm-hmm. Which the is quantum- another part of the dimension, right? Like that we're yes, transcending. Yes. yes. So in, in that- other words, you could have instantaneous communication with anybody in the world, or for that matter, have, have the ability to travel among, from galaxy to galaxy mm. in a short period of time or in an instant, because mm-hmm. you're no longer subject to time and space. Mm-hmm. Is, Chris, I was just yeah, going to say, ahead. is that the like the phenomena of quantum entanglement? Is that it kind is. of what it is in like layman's terms? Or? That that <clears throat> what a scientist would call quantum entanglement. In other words, all matter or all events in the universe are somehow connected, at least mm-hmm. by way of information, not a physical connection, but have a communication between one another. Well, that's quantum entanglement. That's perhaps one of the definitions of quantum entanglement. And if, if you come from a Christian background, they just might say that that's the presence of the Holy Spirit. Or if you have another uh, uh, philosophical leaning, they might call that uh, chi or prana. Some people call that zero-point energy. Now, these are, these are really synonymous terms when we look at it. And, and mm-hmm. um, what I'm trying to do is bridge the gap between science and spirituality. Mm-hmm. Science and spirituality are in, a, in equivalence. It's the, it's the same thing. It's the same concept. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, it's almost like, I mean, from from my experience, the more that I learn about science, the more it explains like spiritual things that people in the past have been trying to explain but didn't actually have the science for yet. It's like as science elucidates those things, we realize that what the ancients were talking about, like ancient Egypt or like ancient philosophers, they're, they were all talking about the same thing. There's like this this unified field. And now we're starting to realize that, especially through experiments, that there's something weird here. But is is it also my understanding too, that a lot of, like, we we don't know what the energy or the the zero point force actually is, which is why we have so many names for it. We don't actually understand conceptually how it could work. It just keeps working in experiments. (laughs) Yes, it does. Exactly. Uh It does. Um, yeah, I, I understand one of the terms zero point energy, um, that term came about because they wanted to cool down a specific mass down to absolute zero. But once they reached that very cold point, that, that temperature, that cold temperature, they still detected some type of movement or some type of activity. So even at absolute zero, you might have not have molecular motion, but you still have some type of energy, some type of event is taking place that's probably Mm. scalar energy i'm convinced it is in many of those experiments so even though you're at zero point energy which is absolute zero you still have you still have some type of life force which is scalar energy yeah and uh, i want to note that scalar energy is non-physical so it's it's not bound by time or space and it's a it's an information system and that information system is able to instruct the universe. And that's what we're working with. If scalar energy is non-physical, if, if it is the universal information system, then all, all events in the universe derive their, their, their form, their function, their, given their, their very essence by these instructions. So scalar energy are the instructions for the universe. That's a profound statement, but I hold to that. Yeah. It's, it's also really easy to see how like our current world paradigm has such a struggle with accepting that because we're so like, we want to be able to see things with our eyes and touch things with our hands and be able to like measure things in experiments. And like, this is something that it's, it's hard to like, even, even describing that zero point energy uh, uh, example, we created zero point. Like that's like, like the lowest that we could measure was absolute zero that we invented as absolute zero, but there was still something else under that that was still moving that we just couldn't fathom. Correct. So we were like, oh, there's something else here. Correct, correct. And yeah. I say it's scalar energy. Mm-hmm. I, in other words, even if you're at absolute zero, you st- it's still existence. Everything yeah. still exists at absolute yes. zero. So you still have to have communication. You still have to have an organized system that maintains that existence. Mm-hmm. So when you just look at this this narrow viewpoint of the universe through the the prism of electromagnetic energy, then you only understand part of the universe because only uh, only some events could could you ascribe to electromagnetic behavior. 
when you have a much broader view and you realize that there's two energies and hence there's two definitions of reality, then, then you can understand how zero point energy or this, uh, this event at absolute zero, when you still have activity or some type of communication, it's not electromagnetic necessarily in character. It's the scalar energy dimension that is still vibrant, if you will, very much alive at absolute zero. Because it's different. It has to be. It's yeah. different. There's <laughs> two energies. Yeah. Yeah. It's can, completely yeah, separate. Yeah. And you can just see the, the, like why we were so fascinated with electromagnetic energy, because it was something that we can easily test. And I feel like we've got humans have gotten such a good grasp of that, that we're starting to dig deeper into where, like, how do these energies manifest? And so we're starting to get to these questions of quantum mechanics and quantum entanglement. And there's so many, yeah, there's just so many different things uh, that can go on there. I'll give you my take on it. Um, if Einstein uh, thought about and, and promulgated the, the theory of relatively, relativity, general relativity, specific relativity. That's the theory of relativity in which in the electromagnetic spectrum, everything is relative, which is true. But scalar energy is, is the realm of absoluteness. So if, if we see that Einstein brought forth this notion of relativity, then in the future, the scalar energy researchers will bring forward another paradigm which is the theory of absoluteness. Mm. Because in a scalar energy paradigm, all action is absolute. It's not relative to time and space, okay? So there's two different ways of looking at reality. If you're looking at the electromagnetic spectrum, that's the theory of relativity. Everything is relative in that spectrum, in that dimension. On the other hand, scalar energy, everything is absolute. Mm -hmm. Two different concepts here. Yeah. So for, for people who are, who are listening, is there anything that you suggest, like, like some practical tips or practical tools that someone can start to maybe experiment with to, to, to get a glimpse of maybe this or, or, or just how to step a little bit out of the electromagnetic spectrum where it's like sure. meditations or walking around or like just something that they can start experimenting with. Again, I think God gave everybody incredible vessels for scalar energy, the mind and the heart. I'll give you an example. Mm -hmm. Our circadian rhythm. Why do we have a heartbeat? Where, where, where are the instructions coming from? It's a scalar energy heartbeat. The reason our heart beats is because it's being instructed by scalar energy. So that in and of itself, if that is correct, then that shows you that our human heart is, is surviving because it's receiving instructions to beat. Mm -hmm. Now, what is my point? Again, to reiterate, the human mind and the human heart are two excellent vessels of scalar energy. Try and have goals. Think, think good thoughts. Try and be positive. Be a good person. Be compassionate. Show mercy. Show love. And that's the way you put scalar energy in, into emphasis. Hmm. Um, I, I have a humanitarian side. I have a Christian side to my research. I always advocate prayer. What is prayer? Hmm. It's the analog of scalar energy. Prayer is, is scalar energy in action. Mm -hmm. mm. And this reminds me of something I was reading. I don't know if you're familiar, Tom, about uh, there's a CIA document that was uh, released or, or declassified. This is a long time ago, like 2001. Mm -hmm. um, but it like just took hold of the internet. And, like It started to be shared everywhere over the last year or so. And it's called the gateway process. And it's in essence like some study that they have done on how they, we can modify our brain waves as well as our our connection and coherence with our heart to go beyond time and space what it sounds like honestly is accessing more scalar scalar energy and light to then literally travel time and space like beyond like go like in the future in the past like get more information it sounds like i mean one of the ways you were sharing is like just accessing more from the heart or the mind like through as you said prayer good thoughts positive energy love all of that I was speaking to my wife last night about the savants. There are some people who have incredible mental capabilities. Some people can, mm. can uh, uh, comp uh, by, by way of uh, mathematical computation, uh, derive incredible formulas in their mind in, in a short period of time. Or you, you, you've seen some people who can master a language in a month or two. 
Well, they have that specific scalar energy information in their mind that makes it simple, makes it easy them for to do that. Mm -hmm. Um, Do you ever remember the movie Rain Man? Rain Man? Yeah. Well, there there was that. That's semi-biographical. There was a Rain Man. His name is Lawrence Kim Peake. And he had a scalar energy mind, or he, he was able to control that scalar energy in his mind. And he had the ability to memorize. He could memorize a telephone book. He could actually, one of his gifts, he could read a book and he could read two pages simultaneously. His his left eye could read the left-hand side of the book. His right eye could read the right-hand side of the book. He could read two pages simultaneously and he could retain that information. Mm -hmm. Now, that's a gift from God. And that's the capability. Everybody has the ability, frankly, to read two pages simultaneously. We just haven't accessed yet our scalar energy mind. Mm-hmm. And also th- this conversation with scalar energy also provides like a, a model for how like great inventors also invented things that didn't exist before. So Kevin, it was, uh, I think it was um, Edison who he would, he would, he would sit in a rocking chair and he would hold like a, a rock in his hand with like a, a, a metal pail under him and he would just rock and he would like fall asleep into this half like awake half sleeping stage and he would ask questions and when the rock like fell off he would wake up and sometimes he would have answers or have different things that he should try about how to make the light bulb and he would say that he got these answers from like i don't i don't know if he used the term the beyond but from somewhere else that was beyond his consciousness and he was like accessing this you know this this field of information that humans haven't accessed yet but it was there it was it was right. it was around yeah yeah yeah, definitely. Uh, that that, that and, and and other inspirations, you could attribute that to scalar energy. You know, mm-hmm. how uh, you've got some incredible composers. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. apparently Mozart was composing at age five. I don't know if you've mm-hmm. heard that. Mm-hmm. How do you? I, I wasn't composing symphonies at age five. He had a scalar energy download. He mm-hmm. had that ability to. That was his gift. The uh, music. And it becomes really easy once you have the gift. Mm-hmm. It's very easy. Is there, so are, are you saying that there's a way, or I mean, obviously there probably is a way to develop the gift, but is there, has someone developed a structure about what steps to go to, to at least, or maybe not access it completely, but to help along the way, like a, like practicing, like shooting free throws or something to help you get better <laughs> free throws? <laughs> that, that, that discussion lends itself to so many people who say pray, meditate and and why because those people who really pray and meditate they realize that god is giving them instructions that and but you have to be quiet and you have to listen to god okay and again i'm going back this is the realm of consciousness and i i do believe in a god and i believe that that you can access that by way of this consciousness dimension but you have to listen because you have to distinguish between between what I would consider to be just just world worldly advice as as opposed to the the true essence the the truth that you can find in consciousness or in the mind of God. So God, there's expression God does not leave us orphans. Nobody, no, everybody has this ability, but some people understand how to tap into it through prayer, meditation, positive affirmations. Mm-hmm. You know, some people have goals. I have goals every day. I have a goal mm-hmm. with my research. So I have a focus. Okay. And w- what's that? Well, that's a laser like scalar energy focus. This is why you can achieve so much. If you have that, that purpose in life, if you have those goals. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Kev, you used to always use a, that ex- an example in your coaching where like if you turn on an incandescent bulb, it lights up the entire room, but that same light energy can be focused into a laser and it can cut through steel. Mm-hmm. It's like the same energy, but it's just the focus of it. Yeah. yeah. yeah brilliant. That's a brilliant analogy. Yeah. Good for you. There's another analogy or just like a, a story that reminds me of what you were sharing before about prayer, meditation, getting quiet so that you can listen. It's not just something that you can do in one minute. And it's that just like one time, you know, a week, but it's like a constant practice because what it's like is if you leave, like say it's like a fresh glass of apple juice on the table, usually like a, like a fresh squeezed glass of apple juice has the pulp, right. And it's kind of murky, but if you just let it sit for 30 minutes, 
all of that, that sediment is going to go all the way down to the bottom. And then there's a clear, you know, glass of apple juice right there. It's like, that's exactly what it is with our minds. Yeah. Like we have to allow that, that sediment to, to settle so that we can actually hear those yeah. thoughts or those ideas. You're right. The, the great mystics always prayed on mm. a daily basis, <clears throat> on a daily basis, you know, and, and to those who are really spiritual, praying is, is as natural as breathing. This is mm. as natural as eating. Mm. And, um, you know, it, it's, it's tough for some people. They say, well, why should I invest a half an hour <clears throat> in prayer or meditation? It, it will change your life. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, no, it's, it's, it's true. It's just, it's hard to, it's hard for someone who doesn't do it. It's hard to explain to them the benefits because they want to know exactly what's going to happen, exactly how long it's going to take, but you can't know. It's, it's like almost like a leap of faith a little bit. Like when you start practicing that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so I had a, I, I just had a, I guess a, general question to take the conversation into maybe the future a little bit about what kind of research you're doing now and where you see this type of scalar energy, like knowledge, where you see it integrating into society or what, or what you're seeing now from your perspective. Cause again, like we, cause Kevin and I, like we, we understand everything that you're saying and, and stuff. And we've heard about this in different names, like not scalar, but what do you see from your perspective and your research about yeah, it, where this could be going? Yeah. It's going to change the world. Mm-hmm. Everything that we're we're able to do now by way of electricity, or by way of uh, coal or or natural gas, we will in the future um, uh, supplant, replace those techniques, replace those inventions with scalar energy. Now, why is that important? Well, it's it's a health benefit to us. Electromagnetic energy does indeed cause some yeah. negative health consequences. I've not seen any uh, health compromise with scalar energy. It's perfect energy. It's perfect information. So it's perfectly safe. There's no carbon footprint. Okay, It's non-physical. Remember, we're working with energy that is not physical. So you can't have physical pollution. It's non-physical. Next, it's from the sun and the stars. You're never going to run out of star energy. Mm-hmm. So the, I tell people the power plant of the future already exists. It's the stars. We will never have to build another power plant. Power plants are about to become obsolete. The stars are the power plant. All we need to do is harness the star power. Okay. So this, this technology, scalar energy technology, I've always said will have a greater impact upon mankind than that of the computer. The computer is a wonderful tool, but it will pale in comparison to what the scalar energy uh, uh age will bring about so mm-hmm. those are just just to titillate the audience those are just yeah. some of the things we're going to do with scalar energy mm. which now follow we, up question to that uh, i'm ahead. curious because like you're mentioning like you know the non-physical energy is coming in and then like the, the physical energy that's going to become obsolete but like just curious of like so what would happen with like say like phones that are powered by electricity or the computers mm-hmm. like Will we have like something that is beyond that? Like, but is something similar? Like, I'm sure we will. We'll we'll still have computers. Mm -hmm. We'll still have phones. But here's the benefit. Your computer will be infinitely fast. Mm. You see, the electromagnetic spectrum is slow. If you, if your computer is working on scalar energy, the the speed would be infinite Mm -hmm. because there's no time delay. Yeah. Okay, time is, is obviated in a scalar energy paradigm. So you'd have a, a computer capable of infinite memory and infinite speed. Which that solves, a that solves a lot of computer <laughs> problems from a technical yeah, yeah. point, doesn't it? For sure, yeah. And then, we, we, and then obviously we'd, there would be some type of technology too to, because right now what I'm thinking is like, the we have like solar powered things, right? But that's converting solar energy like scalar energy into electromagnetic energy right so we would have to have completely new systems like that would just work on scalar energy like we wouldn't even need that conversion we we would and and, you know it's it's going to be a sea change in our Mm -hmm. attitude you know let's face it we we went from the horse and buggy to the car and now we're going from from the car to the scalar energy car that that will move about by way of anti-gravity propulsion Mm -hmm. so those are those are monumental changes and it's going to yeah. take time. Yeah. Are you more focused on um, the, like applying this technology to health and healing 
currently? Yes. Is that because yes. I guess you people are more accepting of that right away and they, they can see benefits right away and they are. And and that's I modeled my career 25, 30 years ago when I started working with the Hieronymus family. That was a group that that uh, started to build scalar energy instruments. I modeled my career after that. But I, I see the need. I'm now going to have to get into energy generation. And mm -hmm. I want to be able to create a miniature star. Mm. And with that miniature star, I can provide the world with energy. Yeah. So it reminds me of um, Spider-Man with Dr. Octopus. Have you seen Spider-Man? No. Uh, the, well, the, 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 well, one of the, one of the, the um, person who ends up turning into a villain because he, the technology, like he creates a mini star and then he can't control the star and they have to like, yeah. So I just reminded me of that. It's interesting. Oh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, I actually had a, just another question about um, the, the technology and it's used for healing, like helping heal. Because um, I know now I have an understanding of scalar energy, so I can see how it can be done remote, correct? So yeah. the, the program or the, I don't know if it's a program that you've built to help people with that. How does it, how does it actually work? Is it a, sure. a, a, a like a, like, are you playing a, a recording? Is it like a, yeah. yeah uh, just... I'll, I'll take you through the motions. People right. email me a photograph and I take their email photograph and I place it in an instrument. So people, this is my photo. I would actually place my photograph inside the instrument. And then the instrument picks up the signature on my photograph. In other words, my essence is now embodied on a photograph. Mm -hmm. The photograph has my scalar energy signature. So I never work with people. I work with photographs of people. I never work with animals. I work with photographs of animals. So this is the new science. And with a photograph, I'm able to, to detect, to say, to identify a virus and a bacterium. And the way I've calibrated the instrument, the instrument then will break apart the virus or the bacterium. And I do that all by way of the photograph. So the, the party to the action is the photograph. This is known as quantum healing by some. This is action at a distance. And if you will... The photograph is the bridge between my instrument and the person. Mm -hmm. It's it's different. This this yeah. is this you're not going to be able to understand scalar energy application by way of electromagnetic theory. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they're, they're two different theories, two different yeah. application. And that's probably probably one of the hardest things when it comes to acceptance. You know, because every I mean everyone grows up in that paradigm of electromagnetic energy like that's just what we we know and right. anything else anything else seems science fiction like it literally does mm. it's like because you're right. it's almost like it's almost like your brain can't wrap its head around because we're we we didn't grow up with that science yeah. like, it, it, it's to me it's a square peg in the round hole mm. if yeah. you're trying to understand scalar energy you got to put the round peg in the round hole Okay. Yeah. You mm -hmm. cannot, you know, one's the apple, the other's the orange. If scalar energy is the apple and electromagnetic energy is the orange, the two are different pieces of fruit. Okay. Yep. They're two different species of fruit. You cannot take the apple and compare it and, and make relevant uh, consideration to the orange. They're two different pieces of fruit. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But would you say like a correlation? Because like the way you describe like the photograph, it sounds right. like it's like someone having someone's phone number, right? It's like that's their specific frequency, only just go. in a different dimension, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. There, yeah. there are similarities, but sure, th they're different. The same. Yeah, right. Yeah. I, that's a good analogy. If if we can receive a a phone call from somebody, their voice has now been change modulated so over distance you you can speak to somebody now if you can do that by way of voice modulation you should be able to do that by way of photographic modulation mm -hmm. yeah 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 there was a um there was one time in our old house kev where uh we had a, a an inspector come in to look for mold and he was actually an electrical engineer by trade mm -hmm. so we we got in this conversation because i was reading this book about um uh called the body electric um, and I was just talking to him and, and I was talking about electroacupuncture and electricity and like, uh, um, frequency. And he was saying that he, he, he can go to a hospital and take a picture of someone and he can tell where on their body they're injured or where they're hurt or where there's a tumor by how the picture, like the light from the picture comes off because he has this special instrument that he uses and he can see where there's dents in the person's field. And so we got in this conversation. It was just really interesting. And it kind of sounds similar to what you're talking about here. 
Yes. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Yes. My, my photograph captures my real-time essence. And whatever medical condition I have is found on that photograph. Hmm. The, it's a, the, the information that it's giving off. Well, it, yes. it gives you, yeah. And then you just have to go in and fix the information that's exactly. engendering oh. the problem. Yeah. On the photograph. Mm -hmm. I never work. The instruments are not designed to work with people or animals. The instruments are only designed to work with photographs. It's, it's a different science. It's a new science. Yeah. It's awesome. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, it is. It's a lot of fun. Yeah. Well, I have a great career. Yeah, I have a great I mean, career. It sounds you like know, it. Yeah. I, I get up every morning and I play. Some people have drudgery facing them throughout the day. I, I this is not drudgery. Yeah. You know, Kev, did you yeah. do you remember um who we, we had a um a doctor on the podcast about maybe like six months to a year ago. Her name was Dr. Nisha Manek. And she studied. Do you remember the person she studied, Kev? Because I forgot the guy's name that she studied with, but he used he was studying zero point energy. And he would use these, um, he would use these Faraday cages and these like recordings of, I think what his technology was, he would record, he would talk to someone about what they wanted to heal. And he would record like a message that was like a, an affirmation or something that worked with the person's energy. And then they would play the recording over and over again. Like, and the person could be miles and miles away and it would start to help them because they were connected through the quantum field and they use, and she talks a lot about zero point energy. And I, I can't remember the guy's name, but I wonder if you would have known it if Kev, you remember. I, I no, yeah. I don't remember his name, yeah. unfortunately, but I, uh, my let, gosh, let, that was a while ago. I forget. Let, yeah. let me, let me add to that. M many people who've tried to um, experiment with scalar energy, they would say enclose something in a Faraday cage. And that Faraday yeah, yeah. cage would many times prevent a, an electromagnetic frequency mm -hmm. signal from entering inside that Faraday cage. But invariably, anytime you're looking for scalar energy and you're trying to enshroud or, or if you will, take a Faraday cage to prevent a scalar wave, it fails. Meaning right. And scalar energy is already inside the Faraday yeah. cage. A Faraday cage is meaningless to scalar energy. A Faraday yeah. cage, the, the most intricate Faraday cage cannot prevent a scalar wave because scalar energy already pre-exists. Yeah, I think the, the, he, he, he was using the Faraday cage to prove exactly that point, that this works, it doesn't work through electromagnetic um, frequencies. It's working through some other force. Yeah. Um, so that's, that's really interesting. Yeah. Mm. Because that's how they, they said that's how they that's how they started to be like oh we must be on some different spectrum because right. they they <clears throat> obviously hypothesized in the beginning that this must be some kind of electromagnetic frequency that we just can't read yet so they put it in a Faraday cage and it would still work so they're like all right this is something way different and that's what's been confusing a lot of like physicists and quantum mechanic people because it's, it's yeah <laughs> it's a shame it's a shame yeah. and I, I want to yell from the rooftops. There's two energies, hence there's two explanations. You know, mm -hmm. stop trying to take the square peg and fit it in the round hole. It doesn't work. Mm -hmm. you, you've, got, you've got to realize that there's two energies, there's two dimensions, and then there's two explanations for reality. Mm -hmm. It's so simple, but, you know, yeah. some people, it, it's a mental block for some. Yeah. It, it makes me think of something you were sharing before, Tom. It's like how we went from horse and buggy to then the car. Like it took, it took a long time for the masses to accept the car yeah. and actually want a car, you know, but it's, it seems like it's the same thing. It's just a, that pair, as you mentioned, like the paradigm shift, it just takes time yeah. like for people to accept yeah. it. But conversations like this, open it up for some people. Right. Right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I mean, I know it's doing that for me for sure. Cause yeah, no, definitely. Yeah. I noticed my own skeptical mind as I was like, you know, researching, like looking at your website, like what you do. And that's why I was so looking forward to this conversation. Cause I, I could tell it was like, this is my own preconceived notion. And there's been many times in my life that I've had those preconceived notions and it's always been, or not always, but it's usually been debunked or just, I've had that paradigm shift just by having conversation. Gentlemen, you're, you're, uh, your theories and your musings are correct and accurate. There are two energies. I can prove it because I have a functioning scalar energy instrument. It's a yeah. scientific instrument. My experiments are repeatable. Mm. Okay, The events that I experience are repeatable. They're guaranteed. 
And hence, it's no longer theory to me, it's law. Yeah. If you can repeat an experiment time and time again, without interruption, without, without any, any outside influence, then these instruments do indeed control scalar energy. I can control a scalar energy event. There is another energy, scalar energy, and, and it has to now factor into our consideration of the universe. Why mm. do we have scalar energy? How does that play in with our understanding of the universe? Yeah. Mm. Would, you, would you share an example of that? Because I, I, on your website, like I've read some testimonials of yours, and maybe that's what you'd love to share of like, what's an example of that like repeatable you know, experiment? Okay. okay. For instance, let's say somebody uh, contacts me and they have a a bacterial infection. This is a, a photograph, a magnified photograph of a bacterium, Staphylococcus aureus. Mm -hmm. If I were actually to take this photograph, a photograph of a bacterium and place it inside the instrument, the scalar energy instrument would, would scan the molecular character of that bacterium, Staphylococcus aureus, and would break it apart. It's a repeatable process. I do this every day. I call it the pathogenic cleanse. Mm. So every time I place a photograph of a germ, a microbe in the instrument, the instrument will interpret, scan that microbe and break it apart. Mm -hmm. That's a repeatable process. Mm. I've done that billions of times. It mm. works. It works. So my, my technique is now what I would consider one of the laws, one of the fundaments of scalar energy, that scalar energy does indeed control molecular forms, including the molecular forms of bacteria. Mm -hmm. uh, why do I say I've done this billions of times? I've, because I've worked with millions of people and I've worked with those people day after day. I've performed this function billions of times and it always works. Mm. That's What's awesome. one experience like someone had? Cause again, like I know like someone, there's definitely been testimonials I'm, like, cause especially for someone listening is like, I hear you on that. And then also it's like, okay, like, yeah, an example of that, if you could. The, the last two or three years, we've been working with an HIV AIDS clinic in Delhi, India. Mm. Now for the audience, I've never been to India. So people will email me. People will send me group photographs. Many times there's a collage. Yeah. People will send me a collage of photographs of people from the HIV clinic in Delhi, India. And after we work with them, uh, many of those people get a, a test for their HIV and the HIV is undetectable mm. and, and they feel better. And many of them say that, that they no longer have HIV infection. Mm -hmm. Now I cannot make that statement because I am not them. Only sure. they can make that statement and, exactly. and with, with their medical testing in India, then I have to rely upon that, but that's mm -hmm. their, that's their comment. Yeah. So this is a new way of looking at, at reality. It's a new dimension. This is not Western medicine. Yeah. I don't claim that it's Western medicine. It, it is an energetic cleansing of a photograph. Mm -hmm. Now, does that energetic cleansing, does that curing of a photograph have a direct interface with a person? That's never been proven. Do I think it does? Yes. Can I prove can I actually see the lines of force from a photograph stretch out to India? No, it's invisible. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's invisible. But for, for the sake of this conversation, everybody sure. that I've worked with in Delhi, India, they no longer have HIV. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, Go that's on. beautiful. Thank you for sharing that. Because like you said, like it's not measurable. Because again, like it's it's not working with the paradigm around electromagnetic force that you can actually measure. So, but yeah, just to, just some example, like, you know, in a testimonial, an example, which helps, I, I really believe it's like the helping of the left brain to understand it more so that there's more coherence in the mind of these kind of concepts. That's at least how I experience it and see it, which is by having those kind of examples. So thank you for sharing that. Sure. Yeah. Th th this is my life. This is my career. I could mm -hmm. not ask for a more exciting calling in life. You know, just look at the look at the prospect here. I've told my friends the day is coming when the world will work together. We have to work together. We have to yeah. cooperate, and eventually we'll we'll treat a billion people a year by way of their photograph. Mm -hmm. We will provide quantum health care to a billion people a year. Mm -hmm. That's awesome. Yeah, I'll have that vision with you. The Definitely. World.
Yeah. We're, we're getting close, actually. It's just it, we're pretty close to the tipping point. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Yeah. Well, Chris, do you have any questions with that? No, I'm good. I'm good. That was yeah. awesome. Awesome. Well, Tom, this has been an amazing conversation. Thank you for being here. Um, and obviously like we would love for you to share of like where people can connect with you, where they can work with you as well. And yeah, you can share any of that. Uh, I have a website and anybody can email their photograph. We will work with you, treat you and your loved ones for free. So the website is scalarlight.com, S-C-A-L-A-R, scalarlight.com. Visit the website. It's on the homepage and it's it's free. You simply upload, email us your photograph. And for the 15 days, we'll explain to you the scalar energy process. And you'll see how you feel after 15 days of sessions. Mm-hmm. Awesome. And we'll, we'll link that in the description. So it could be easy for someone to click as well. Okay. I appreciate that. We're yeah. going to, we're going to change the world. This mm-hmm. is grassroots. Those of you in the listening audience, this is grassroots. So if you resonate with us, contact mm-hmm. us, work yeah. with us. No, I, I don't attach myself to academia or the government. Frankly, mm. they're, they're, I've never been approached by academia or the government. My point is this is all grassroots. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Cool. Well, thank, thanks a lot, Tom. We really appreciate it. Learned a lot. It's good, good stimulating conversation Kevin. for sure. <clears throat> yeah. Mm-hmm. Really, I, I enjoyed the conversation. Both of you mm. are real. You're experts. You're scalar energy experts. I knew it from the start. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm working with two intellectuals today. Two, two scale energy experts. Thank you. You're welcome. Well, thank, thank you, you again. And that's it for today. So thanks for tuning in. We really hope you enjoyed listening to this episode as much as we enjoyed recording it. So any questions, any comments, connect with us on Instagram personally at Kevin F. Carton or at Chris J. Carton or our podcast Instagram page at Science and Spirituality Podcast. And if you feel guided to, the one thing that we do ask is for you to please rate the podcast and also leave a review. This way we can reach more people and in that way impact more lives. So with that, we'll see you on the next episode.